It is great to have brother and sister Kifle with us all the way from California. Yes. Now, brother, brother Kifle and sister Kifle, um, I've seen more him than her, but he's been coming to Summit Conference for a few years now, haven't you? A few years now. And um, he's in the area getting ready to preach Pentecost Sunday uh, for Brother Tim King over in Wenatchee. And I just thought, you know what? They're here. We want them to preach to us on Tuesday night. Love and appreciate these folks so very much. Let's give them a cornerstone welcome in Jesus' name. God bless you, my brother. Amen. Why don't we clap our hands to Jesus? Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. There's none before him. There's none after him. There's none beside him. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles this evening, the book of Deuteronomy chapter number 17, verses 18. As you're turning there, I want to give honor to your pastor. Amen. And thank him for the invitation and the hospitality. Amen. I give honor to the good saints of this church. Amen. And also I want to say that I'm thankful to have my wife here tonight. Amen. And my daughter, if you see a, if you see a three-foot-tall two-year-old, that's my daughter. And um, we're also expecting a son in September. And so um, there are more here in my family than you could see at the moment. Praise God. Amen. But if you have your Bibles tonight, the book of Deuteronomy 17, verses 18. When you're there, say amen. amen. And it shall be when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests, the Levites. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep all the words of this law and these statutes to do them. That his heart be not lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left. To the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children, in the midst of Israel. And for the next several moments, I would like to preach on the subject titled, It's Time to Increase Our Devotion. It's Time to Increase our devotion. Let's put our Bibles down and let's pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray in your wonderful, precious name that you would anoint my mind. I pray, God, that you would put your spirit upon me, that I might preach the gospel to the poor. I pray, God, that you would touch the ears of the hearers, uh, that they may receive with meekness uh, the engrafted word of God. If you believe that preaching amen, can solve problems, why don't you clap your hands uh, and give the Lord some praise one more time. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Repetition is the whole of living. And by repetition comes understanding. And understanding is to some the most important part of living. Amen. From the law to the prophets, amen, to the Psalms, 
the Bible makes no apology for repeating itself. Amen. There is a second set of Ten Commandments. There is a second temple. There is a second Adam. There is a second birth. There is a second coming of Christ. And by repeating itself, amen, God and his word is also giving us an indication as to how we are to conduct ourselves toward him. Amen. The book of Deuteronomy is one of the greatest examples of repetition. The book of Deuteronomy gives us the second account of the law. Amen. To the second generation of the exodus. Amen. God commands both groups and individuals to experience this second giving of the law. And in the text that I've read tonight in your hearing, amen, God declares, amen, that one day knowing Israel would ask for a king, he sets forth a requirement for this king. And it is very simple. Upon taking the throne, God commands any and all future kings of Israel to handwrite their own personal copy of the law. Amen. The first reason is simply this. More can be gained from a lifetime of dedication to one book than it can be gained from a lifetime of dedication to all of the world's other knowledges. Amen. And the second reason being, amen, any increase in personal responsibility of this magnitude must be met with an equal increase in personal devotion. And what I want to preach to you tonight is as God begins to bless you and as God begins to increase you, amen, there is an added burden to that increase. And that must be our devotion must elevate Amen. You must, you must increase your devotion as you are elevated in power, in position, or authority. You must increase your devotion as you enter adulthood and as you age. Increase your devotion as you have children. Increase the quantity of your devotion. Increase the quality of your devotion. Increase the methods of your... Increasing your devotion will keep you humble. Increasing your devotion will keep you in church. Increasing your devotion will ensure that you live a long and effective Christian life. There are three pivotal moments in life where we must increase our devotion. We must increase devotion as we enter into a new position of power or authority. We must increase devotion as we come of age, amen, and we must increase our devotion as we have children. Perhaps the greatest example of increasing devotion in the life of an individual is seen in the life of David. While there is no biblical account, amen, of any king ever having completed their own copy of the law, there's something special that emerges from the scriptures in the life of King David. Amen. He elevates not just the, amen, the word of God, but he literally elevates the tone of the entire word of God. He begins to express himself in a way towards God that nobody else expresses themselves. Amen. And though they sang his praises, and though they sang Saul as killed, amen, his thousands, and David his tens of thousands, amen, you never get the sense that David stopped exalting the word of God in his life. Amen. David's ever-increasing devotion ultimately produced, amen, Psalm chapter 119. And throughout this chapter, David 
makes reference amen, to the ways of God, to the testimonies of God, to the statutes of God, to the word of God, the rules, the commandments, the precepts, and the law of God. David simply found amen, a myriad of ways to express his love amen, for the one book. And I'm telling you, you can never get over the word of God. You can never get over loving God. You can never get over... And no matter how high he was elevated, he always elevated the word of God in his life. And so likewise, as we are elevated at work or at school or at home, on the job, no matter where you are, make sure you elevate the word of God above yourself. Because an increase, amen, in your responsibility will mean a taxation on your virtue, on your emotions. And if you can't recover in a private place of devotion, you won't be able to survive the next level of promotion. In Luke chapter number 2, Joseph and Mary and 12-year-old Jesus go to Jerusalem for the Passover. Mary and Joseph leave and travel an entire day before they realize that Jesus is not with them. When they finally find him, he's sitting in the temple. The Bible said that he was both listening and asking questions. One of the most critical times in our lives, amen, is the adolescent phase, amen, and I don't mind pausing right here to preach to the 7, 10, 12, and 13-year-olds, amen, you won't be in Sunday school forever. And at some point, and I remember I was nine years old when I finally realized that I should stop sleeping in church. Praise God. Amen. The word, of, the word of God was going forward. And you know what? Amen. You won't be in Sunday school forever. Amen. It's not going to be puppets forever. Amen. It's not going to be the bookboard Bible forever. It's not going to be the action Bible forever. I still remember when I got my first, amen, leather bound, amen, red letter, dual column, King James Version. And I remember feeling like I'm not a Sunday school kid no more. Everybody has got to increase their devotion. Everybody. Oh, come on. Amen, children. Amen, you're going to become preteen. You're going to become teenager. You're going to be a young person. You're going to be a young adult. And you can't survive high school on a Sunday school devotion. And so the first step to increasing your devotion in the adolescent phase is by listening closely and asking the right questions. I mean, listen to your Sunday school teacher. Listen to your pastor. Oh, I know, I, I know you guys didn't come to hear me preach to the 10-year-olds. Uh, I mean, we're, I'm going to get everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, but I want to preach to you that everybody I mean, bears the burden for their own salvation. And Lamentations 3 and 27 says that it is good for the young man to bear the burden in his youth. Uh, learn how to carry. Learn how to carry your prayers to the church. Learn how to carry. Ages 16 to 26 are referred to as the defining decade in everybody's life. These years determine who you are and what you believe, the trajectory of the remainder of your life. And some people graduate from high school, but they never graduate from Sunday school. Some people get diplomas, but they never develop their devotion. 
Some people will stay after class to talk to the professor about their grades, but won't stay after church to talk to the pastor about the biggest decisions in their life. You have to increase your devotion as you, as you age. You have to increase your devotion as you have children. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to anybody here. In Luke chapter number 1, Gabriel the angel appears to Zechariah and he tells him that he's going to have a son. But because of his unbelief, he's rendered dumbstruck, unable to speak, speechless. Some scholars say that he was without his voice for over an entire year. It is important to note that it wasn't his wife who took his voice away. It wasn't the kids who took his voice away. He disqualified himself when he refused to align himself to the plan of God and the will of God for his family. And I've come to preach to some men who feel like they've been muted. It wasn't your wife. It wasn't your kids. You feel like you're a mime. You feel like you have no influence. And I've come to tell you, by the power of the word of God, it's time to increase your devotion. I pray, I pray that God would silence me if I don't pray enough. I pray that God would shut me up if I stop doing what I need to do. I pray that God would just stop me dead in my tracks. It's time to get your voice back. It's time to get your voice back, Dad. It's time to get your voice back, Mom. It's time to get your voice back. Amen. He had to sit there in silence. He couldn't even talk when his wife was giving birth. And finally, they were finally to the moment. The rubber met the road. And they're saying, what's this kid's name going to be? And he tried to motion. And finally, they gave him a tablet. And he wrote it down. His name shall be John. And all of a sudden, he got his voice back. Until we are fully committed to the plan of God. Signed on the dotted line. Signed the birth. You don't have a say. And I'm here to tell you today that God is raising up a generation of men and women and parents who have a voice. Amen. Hallelujah. They have a voice in their children's life because they're committed. They're devoted. Because they pray. Because they're consecrated. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen. That's what's happening in the world. Parents have been muted. They've been silenced. The kids are running the show because the parents never elevated their consecrations. And the devil and then has got them bound. But God has come here today to let you know, amen, if you increase your devotion... In Job chapter number 1, verses 5, the Bible says that Job, him and sent and sanctified them. He rose up early in the morning, and he offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. 
Amen. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. I would like you to just think about, amen, just exactly what was happening in the life of Job. Job didn't just have two kids. He didn't have five kids. He had ten kids. And it says he sacrificed according to the number of them all. That means there was one day when he only had one child. And so his sacrifice, amen, was proportional to his heritage. And as God blessed him with more kids, he didn't find an excuse to have less church. And five kids meant five times the greater sacrifice. And ten kids didn't stop him. He, amen, he offered a sacrifice continually. Amen, according to the number of his children. I pray God in the name of Jesus that every child that we see added to this church means mama's praying more, daddy's praying more. More kids shouldn't mean less church. More bills shouldn't mean less church. I pray that as God blesses you with children, your devotion increases. Because the world, I mean, wants to tell us that children are a drain and a burden. But Psalms 127 and 3 says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. They're not a burden, they're a blessing. It's not the terrible twos, it's the terrific twos. Amen. I'm glad I see children here because guess what? That means devotion is increasing. That... Amen. And as arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Children are not a burden. They are the greatest assets in the kingdom of heaven. And as you begin to plan how you're going to provide for those children, and as you begin to plan, amen, for their education, and as you begin to plan, amen, for their physical sustenance, amen, go ahead and remind yourself that guess what? It's time to pray more. Amen. Don't wait till they're half backslid 10 or 15 years down the line. Start now. Start now. Thank God for parents who have sacrificed on a Tuesday night, on a Sunday morning, who wake up early, put calm through hair, put brushes on teeth, and put the right shoes on the right feet. I'm thankful. I pray your devotion increases. Amen. God sees your sacrifice. Amen. But you can't just, amen, just say, I'm going to increase my devotion. You have to have a plan. Amen. Step number one, increase the quantity of your devotion. Amen. Increasing the quantity of our devotion. Amen. Seems simple and it seems obvious. Amen. But it's one of the most surefire ways to grow in the Lord. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 says, pray without ceasing. Increase the frequency of your devotion. Amen. Matthew 26 and 40 says, Jesus asked his disciples, were you not able to keep watch with me for one hour? I know it might be old school, 
But I just believe there's still something special about the sweet hour of prayer. Amen. 7 a.m. Praise God. On Saturday morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In Matthew chapter number 6 verses 7. Amen. Uh, they, 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 Jesus said when you pray use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. Another place James 4, two verse, uh, 4, 4 verses 2 and 3 says say it says that you have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss. Amen. You have to be specific when you pray. Amen. Because specific needs are not met through generic prayers and so you can pray more but all of us only have so much time in a day and so how do you increase amen your devotion when you only have 24 ways to slice this pie and that is you increase the quality and not just the quantity of your devotion and the first step to increasing the quality of your prayer is by being specific but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. One of the greatest hindrances to prayer is ambiguity. Amen. Repetition and ambiguity is the enemy of your prayer time. James 5 verses 16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. If you want your prayer to avail much, you must pray beyond apathy into fervency. And when you have prayed specifically, and when you have prayed fervently, you will have reached the limit of the you will have reached the limit of prayer, but only in your understanding. And so what do you do when you've prayed specifically for every need that you know, and you've prayed fervently? There's one more layer to prayer, praise God. I like what Paul said. He said, what is it then? I will pray with the understanding, and I will pray in the Spirit. And so when you've prayed every prayer, you know to pray. I like what it says in Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself, amen, maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. The most accurate prayer you will ever pray is the one you don't even understand. I'm thankful that when I've prayed beyond my understanding, when I have reached the limits of my intellect, when I've reached the limits of my flesh, I'm thankful for the Holy Holy Ghost. So when you add it all up, amen, you can increase the quality of your devotion through specificity, through fervency, and through spirituality. We must overcome ambiguity, apathy, and carnality. These are the enemies of your devotion. And we should not be ignorant of the devil's devices. And so when you've done all you can in your flesh, that's when it's time to get into the spirit and pray. I'm thankful that I belong to a red-hot apostolic Pentecostal generation of believers. Amen. Who hasn't given up amen, on the things of the spirit. Amen. Because one day amen, you'll be in a position amen, where your devotion amen, will be capped. And all you can do is lean on Jesus. Jesus. But why? Why are we called to a lifestyle of ever-increasing devotion? 
in Matthew 16, Jesus asked his disciples, Whom do men say, I, the Son of Man, am? In verse 16, Simon Peter answered and says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And we love that part. There's just something about that revelation that's special. But you go five verses down, and Peter is trying to stop Jesus from going to Calvary. And, and Jesus turns to him and he says, get thee behind me, Satan. He says, for thou art an offense unto me. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. And he went from receiving revelation to receiving rebuke in five verses. Because there's an exaltation that comes with revelation. But you'll be demoted if you're not devoted to the things of God. This is what is said in Deuteronomy, that he be not lifted up with pride above his brethren. And so there's a certain exaltation that comes with gifts. But your gifting does not release you from devotion or submission. I like what Paul said. He said, lest I become exalted above measure because of the abundance of revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. Sometimes it's difficult to understand, amen, and difficult to, to, to comprehend that that thorn in the flesh, amen, was actually a gift. Because gifts are given. Amen. And it was that thorn in the flesh, amen, that prevented Paul from being exalted above measure because of his revelations. And so God has a way of keeping us humble, amen. And without that thorn in the flesh, amen, he wouldn't have anchored himself, amen, to his devotion, and I'm here to tell you today, amen, that the thing that you need to understand about devotion is when everybody, amen, is getting dealt with, amen, through the preaching, amen, through prayer, amen, through the word of God, all of us are anchored, amen, in the most basic Christian acts of submission and devotion. And nobody gets exalted above measure. And if you do, amen, there comes the thorn in the flesh, your gifting does not release you from devotion or from submission. Amen. But that's not the end. Amen. Deuteronomy says that he turned not to the right hand or to the left. It's possible. Amen. To backslide. Amen. Because your devotion has fallen to the wayside. I'm here to tell you today that it's a lie from the devil that you're going to backslide. It's a lie from the devil that you're going to lose out. Amen. If you would just keep your devotion where it needs to be. Amen. Keep your attendance up. Let me say this, I mean, God will never call you to do something in your personal devotion I mean, that takes you away from corporate worship. I mean, I knew of a lady once, she was always going on these extended fasts I mean, during church services. That's not the will of God. <laughs> amen. Somebody, amen. I mean, your personal devotion I mean, is not made to supplant I mean, your submission I mean, to your local church. I mean,
Peter just got the, got, got the idea that, hey, I got the revelation. I'm the rock. I mean, Jesus called him a rock, but I think the rock was still setting. Amen. <laughs> he was fickle. Amen. He was wishy-washy. He denied Christ all the way up until the crucifixion. Amen. But guess what? The thorn in his flesh was living with that pain. And so when you get exalted above measure, God has a way of keeping you humble. But he was fickle. He was wishy-washy. He was double-minded. You know, James said a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now, that's poetic, but we don't even know what it means. And then double-minded is when you know what you want, but you'll do anything to get it. Example, Abraham wanted a son. And guess what? Because he was a little double-minded. And then he said, this is what I want, and I'll do whatever I have to do to get it. And when you're double-minded, amen, you begin to find alternative ways to seek the blessing and the promises of God. And that's where Hagar comes in. And that's where Ishmael comes in. And that's... But the man who is singularly focused, whose eye is single, says, I know what I want, and I'll only accept it from God. I want a son, and I'll only have this son, amen, from Sarah. And that's why your devotion is so important, because you do want the blessings of God, and you do want to be financially blessed, and you... There's nothing wrong with wanting a bigger house and a better car. There's nothing wrong. But if you're double-minded, amen, you'll go from revelation to rebuke, amen, in five seconds. But you need to anchor yourself in your devotion and say, what I want, I want. But I'll only take it if it comes from the hand of God. That's devotion. That's devotion. That's devotion. And Abraham, amen, he had the revelation. He said, I don't want your Egyptian money. I don't want the blessings of the world. I love the blessings of God. Amen, he maketh rich and he adds no sorrow to it. I want what I want, but I only want it from God. How devoted are you? Amen, if you found a shortcut, would you take it? If you found a shortcut, amen, would you take it? No, 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 no. It's time today to say I'm increasing my devotion. I will increase the quantity, the quality, the duration, the frequency, the fervency, the specificity. Amen, I remember when I was a young man, amen, I was going through some old things in the house, and I found a journal from my mom before she ever had children, before I was born, and she, she wrote several things about how she would raise her children one day. And I remember thinking to myself, this wasn't on accident. Raising kids in the house of God is not an accident. And then at some point, and then that good brother with a prayer journal, he didn't have a prayer journal at some point. Had a good sister... Hey Amen. There's, there's, there's Bibles in here. They're highlighted. Praise God. There was a day that Bible wasn't highlighted. Somebody increased their devotion. I mean, there was a day you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't clock that hour of prayer consistently like you used to. But at some point, somebody dropped it down into third gear and put the pedal to the metal. 
this is not just for parents. I mean, if God will help me, I'll preach to the grandparents as well. I mean, my wife, my wife is a living testimony. I mean, my, my wife's parents had her at 15 years old. I mean, just recently, I mean, my, my wife's grandmother, who raised her in the house of God, gave my wife a calendar. I mean, from when she was, uh, when she was still in the womb. And there was a date, uh, I mean, in blue ink, uh, a marked abortion consultation. My wife's parents didn't want her. But my, but my wife's grandparents, uh, I mean, good saints, uh, I mean, from First Pentecostal Church, uh, I mean, San Jose, California, I mean, Pastor Jimmy Shoemaker at the time, they said, you're going to adopt that girl. They said, yes, we are. And they raised her in the house of God. Amen. Amen. They'd already raised their families. They'd already bought their houses. Their hair was already gray. But they increased their devotion one more time. To raise one more child in the house of God. I come to preach to you today. That cornerstone. It is time to increase your devotion. Let's stand to our feet as the musicians come. That you be not lifted up with pride. That you turn not to the right or to the left. And that your children. I know it's Bible study night, but we're fixing to pray in just a moment. This is a pivotal moment in somebody's life. You're in one of these stages, no doubt. God has blessed somebody here. Can I, can I get an amen? Has God blessed you? Has your income gone up? Amen. During COVID, he's blessed you. Amen. Have you got children? He's blessed you. That blessing has come with a burden. Amen. That you will increase your devotion. Amen. Because God understands. Amen. That there is a continuum. Amen. That needs to be contributed to. And there's a feedback loop that needs to be closed. And if you don't increase your devotion... You'll be elevated. You'll feel great upon promotion. And then you'll be demoted. I don't want to live like that. Highs to lows. Inconsistent. Always trying to get my devotion off the ground. God is delivering somebody today from inconsistency. Pastor Mayo, I, I've never had two kids before. Can I just be transparent? I'm just as scared as, as the rest of you. But Job said, one more kid, one more burnt offering. Got promoted on the job, five more minutes on my devotion. I really got to pray now. I want to increase my attendance too. So much the more as you see the day approaching. I don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I don't want to have less church, less devotion, less prayer, less Bible reading. That king, he wasn't a scribe. That king, he wasn't a priest, he wasn't a Levite. But he had to take out the quill and he had to bust out the parchment. And when you have a kingdom that needs to be tended to, you just learn to lean. 
in the beginning, God created the heavens. Got to get through the whole thing. And then he carried it for the rest of his life. And he read it. If you will increase your devotion tonight, it'll carry you through your deepest and your darkest trials. I don't, I don't, we don't know what, what, what lies ahead. But we can prepare by the increasing of our devotion. Let's lift our hands as we begin to make our way to this altar. It's time to increase our devotion. Increase your devotion as you age. Increase your devotion as you have children. Increase your devotion upon promotion. Increase the quantity of your devotion. The quality of your devotion. The specificity. The fervency. The spirituality. Come on, there's a, there's a devil for every level and it's time to kick it up a gear. It's time to kick it up a gear. I mean, because the next dimension, I mean, requires, I mean, a deeper level of consecration and God is calling. I mean, the deep is calling unto deep and God is saying who will increase their devotion. I mean, who will be found when none are found? Who will fill the gap? I mean, who will pray? I mean, nobody can pray for your children like you can pray for your children. As they begin to sing, let's lift our voice and cry out to him as one and say, God, increase our devotion. God, increase our devotion. In the name of Jesus. Oh.